Welcome to the Truth and Grace Counseling Podcast. Truth and Grace Counseling exists to provide clarity from a biblically informed perspective in order to help individuals engage life faithfully. Let's go. Hi, and welcome to Episode 7 of the Truth and Grace Counseling Podcast. On today's episode, I discuss there might be a way to ditch that link tree on your Instagram. I also talk about consulting services that I'm offering and also a new support group for Christian parents of transgender children. Please, please, please like and share this video and share that link because I think this could really be helpful for a lot of parents out there. I also talk to Jack and talk about his experience being a Christian counseling student and the process of going through some Christian colleges that maybe still not be worth your money, even though they say they're Christian. All right, I'll see you at the water cooler. The Water Cooler. Hi, and welcome to The Water Cooler. So I've got some fun announcements today. The first one, this isn't so much of an announcement as much as just a recent blog post that I had. So normally on my blog post, which is at my my counseling page, truthandgracecounseling.com, Normally, these are going to be related to just my counseling practice of, you know, talking about Christian depression or dealing with anxiety or um, homeschooling, pastor burnout. Generally, it'll be more counseling based. But um, I I made a recent blog post that is just more different um, than than the rest of them. And, And I'll kind of get into my reason why. But first off, what it is, is do you know what a link tree is? Now, in my blog post, I had a picture of uh, of an amiibo, which if you don't know what an amiibo is, it's like a little, um, gosh, I should have brought one here for camera today. Um, it's just a little, uh, kind of a little action figure type of thing that you can physically put on the Switch and it, um, different games have different uh abilities with it so like i have a a a yoshi one from yoshi's woolly world and i don't remember what it does it gives you some items or something but they're just kind of cutesy little things that nintendo makes which to be honest they make it so they can make more money that's that's what that what they do but anyways that that's an aside um but on there on on my uh, blog post i had a picture of some link from the legend of zelda um some amiibos from that but that's not what a link tree is. That has nothing to do with Link from The Legend of Zelda. So basically, a link tree is something that is primarily used on Instagram. And why it's used on Instagram is Instagram really only allows you to do um, one main link on the page. You can't just constantly posting links on on Instagram. So people will often say link in the bio. So some people will put what's called a link tree, and there, there's a there's an actual website called Linktree where they'll make it for you. And that's where you can include your social media pages, maybe different websites you have, certain blog posts, maybe your merchandise. So it's just a real, just basic landing page website where you get all of your stuff. Um, And that's why it's mostly used on Instagram because on like on my YouTube um, channel, for instance, I can have listed in the description. Here's my Facebook. Here's my Twitter. Here's my Instagram. Which 
I should have said this before going in. I, I now have an Instagram um, and I will include that link down, down below that you can follow me there. But anyways, um, while researching that, I noticed that so many people use that actual Linktree website and it, it works fine. Um, there's really nothing wrong with it. But the issue is that every click that you get on uh, on anything on a website, that helps what's something called SEO. It's That's search engine optimization. And basically, the better your SEO is, the more eyeballs, the more clicks that your website gets, which is good. Like for my counseling page, I want more clicks so I can see more clients. For my podcast page, I want more clicks so more people see the podcast and click the affiliate link so I can get some of those kickbacks. You want more traffic. More traffic is a good thing. Well, what happens when you post a Linktree link on your Instagram? Again, people go to those websites that you want them to go to. That's good. But that landing page, all that juicy SEO goes to Linktree. Um, I, I know there's bio sites. There's a few other ones, but Linktree is the big one. So I researched. I found this article about how I could make my own Linktree through my website. And I did it. And really easy. Um, so I decided to go ahead and do that. And I, I, I'll go ahead and link my link tree down below so you can see it. I think it looks nice. It's got my own branding. It's got my counseling website, my podcast website, some merch, got a blog post that I'm referencing right now on there. And I even have my uh, spots where you can listen to the to the podcast on it. So really neat. So I wrote a blog post of how I did that and, and some of the advantage. So go ahead and check that out if you're interested, particularly if you use a Squarespace um, for your website hosting. That's what this article is written for, specifically Squarespace. You can do it on other ones if you use Wix or whatever, um, WordPress. You can do it through those means. I just don't know exactly how to do that, although I imagine Google how to make your own link tree in Wix you're going to get results. So wrote that article and part of why I did that and go ahead and just kind of talk out loud about this a little bit. Um, I am working towards opening a consulting wing of Truth and Grace Counseling. So this consulting is going to deal with a few different measures. One is going to be for other counselors like myself that are trying to get their own businesses going. So I've been there trying to get my own business up the ground. Um, I feel like I've got a pretty good website going and I know a lot of people might just have trouble getting that started. So I can offer my advice and, and try to help people get their own counseling practices up and running, particularly the website angle. I'm also going to approach that for other businesses. Businesses that, um, goodness, I know here in Duncan, I, I love my town, but there are very few good websites for businesses in town. And I think we're a community that's based on word of mouth and everything, which is great. But in today's time and age, you need to have a website. Facebook doesn't count. <laughs> that It's nice to have a, a social media account, but a good website where people can come and either buy your products there or know where to find you because it's not that big of a financial investment and it will pay for itself. So I'm offering those services for local businesses or, or even um, people that are further out. Because it's consulting, I'm not tied to 
um, my my professional license in, in Texas and Oklahoma. I'm free to to offer those services for anybody. So if you are particularly a Christian counseling practice or a Christian-based business, or, or at least a business owner that has Christian faith, I would love to work with you. If you don't have a Christian faith, that's fine too. You, you don't have to, to work with me on the consulting, but that's mainly who I'm targeting. And then also on the consulting end, I'm going to be um, doing almost kind of a, a very tight version of counseling. I, I want to be careful with my language there because it's really not counseling. It's more of just advice, direction. So in the counseling process, there is some direction given by by the counselor. Don't get me wrong, but it's much more of that process. You have that that place to kind of process your emotions, your thoughts, get those things out there, and we work together with that. On the consulting angle, I can offer similar things, but it's going to be much more of, hey, let's do X, Y, Z. Here's four things that you can do to try to improve things. Um, so that might be helpful for somebody that doesn't really want to sit and do a counseling um, counseling session, or if they're not really dealing with a lot of depression or anxiety, they just really want some advice um, that I'm offering that as well. Um, so be on the lookout for some more information about my consulting services. I'm really, really excited about this. I think it's going to open up some different angles. I'm even looking into different businesses that are dealing with uh, like relational issues, employee issues, and just being able to give them some good sound psychological, biblical, Christian um, advice. So um, I'm really excited to see where that goes. Another very important announcement is I am offering a new support group. I'll have uh, some of that information linked down below, but this support group is specifically for Christian parents of transgender children. And part of the reason why I'm choosing this demographic is I, I reached out to somebody and I, I was going to say I'm going to keep them anonymous, but to be quite honestly, I, I don't know what their real name is anyways. But this was an individual that I ran into on Twitter that has a, um, I believe their daughter is no longer identifying in, in transgender, but nonetheless, um, was in that kind of movement for a while. And I was just trying to get this mother's perspective because she was an outspoken Christian and what she would want as far as services, what could be helpful for her. Because I know there's a lot of Christian parents like that out there that are confused. And she mentioned a support group. So what I decided to do is make the support group for, again, specifically Christian parents, um, there's no set date at this right now. I'm, I'm still kind of in the information gathering stage. If you know anybody, and this is free, it's a free support group. And again, it is a support group. It is not a therapeutic group. And in therapy, we get a little bit more intensive, a little bit more directive with this. This is much more of just coming together with like-minded Christian parents and saying, hey, you have a spot. You have a place that you can express these concerns. So this is open to anybody. Anybody that professes the, the Christian faith. I'm coming up with a, a statement of faith that's a little bit looser than the one I have on my website. Um, I, I want us to all have some um, very similar beliefs, but 
like for instance, I wouldn't say, um, well, this person's a Baptist, this person's a Presbyterian, so they can't be together. No, like I once I have a profession of faith to where we all agree on, it's not going to be perfect. But um, anyways, um, I, I want that to be to where we have these these Christian parents that are able to process these concerns, this confusion, give each other support. And again, it's free of charge. I am including on there. Just I, I'm all about being upfront. I don't like to sneak anything on anybody. I do everything on there. I will include a donation link because this is something that I'm offering free of free of charge. So on that donation link, they they can use it to help support my time. But again, as all things, ten percent of those proceeds will be going to Karis Pregnancy Center here in Duncan, Oklahoma. Again, I, I, I'm big on this ministry. And know how important it is for for my community. So that is a new thing. Again, if you know anybody, this is in the entire country um, that is a Christian parent of a transgender youth. Let me know because I know that they are suffering. And to kind of go back into that story of that that uh, mom I was interacting with on Twitter, she was saying there are some new groups popping up, um, like. Uh, Genspect is one I'm thinking off the top of my hand. Parents uh, against something, P-I-T-T, I forget what it is. I should have looked that up before, but I'll link it down below. Um, There's some good uh, good resources out there for parents now that, that are popping up, but pretty much all of them are from a secular worldview, which, which is okay in the sense that not everything has to be a Christian organization to do some good, but Christian parents in particular face some extra difficulties just because of our religious beliefs and seeing that in your children um, is incredibly difficult. So I want to offer that service. So please spread this around. If you know anybody that might be interested, um, please send them this link that I have down below. And I really want to watch this grow um, and, and, and be able to impact people. My goal is that this spreads um, that there will be more groups, Christian groups for uh, for this particular support of, of transgender youth. Um, and also outside of Christianity, I've had some people ask, uh, hey, uh, could could you let someone that's that's a Jewish belief or, or Mormon or Muslim or they're atheists um, for this specific group? No, because I want this to be a very specific Christian based one, because I, I don't know of any that are quite like that. But if you are Jewish, if you are Mormon or Muslim or whatever, um, and you don't share the Christian faith, I'm hopeful that these type of groups give other people that freedom to go make more. Um, other Christian groups, go make more. If you're leader of a, of a church or youth group or whatever, and you want to make some other uh, available resources, do it. Um, it's not just about me. Um, I, I, I want I want parents that are facing just these difficult challenges uh, of raising youth that are being consistently um, dealt this propaganda that to not feel that they're alone and that they have support. So I would love it, love it, love it. I know I ask often of liking these videos, share, um, subscribe, all of that just to, to pass the show. But I'm pretty passionate about this support group in and of itself. So if you would not mind, please taking that link I have down below and share it to anybody and everybody, to your pastor, um, to somebody that's kind of expressed concerns about their kids, what they're going through, any school counselors, whoever, 
pass this link because I guarantee you there are Christian parents out there that are suffering and, and more than likely they're suffering in silence. So anyways, that would mean a lot to me if he did that. All right. With that being said, um, we're about to go to the meat section where we'll talk to Jack. All right. See you there. The meat section. So today on the meat second, we have meat section. We have Jack. He is 48 years old. He has a BS degree in addictions counseling and is in grad school at Liberty University in their clinical mental health counseling program. All right. Well, Jack, it's great to have you on today. Thank you. Good to be here. So as I ask all of my guests here in the meat section, I call this the meat section because it's the main part of the podcast. So I ask everybody, what is your favorite kind of meat? Okay, so my favorite kind of meat, and there's no close second, is um, venison backstrap. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, and that's for actually, you know, land animal. I I suppose Alaskan halibut would be a close second. I mean, that's seafood, but, you know. I mean, if I knew it was going to be my last meal on earth, it would be one of those two. But I would, yeah. Gotcha. I, I mentioned uh, off camera here with Jack that my my cousins on my dad's side, on their other side of the family, so I'm not related to them, are um, in Alaska. And you mentioned halibut. One year, one of those cousins, he went fishing and got a big amount of salmon and halibut and ended up cooking it for us and it was great oh, yeah. but my goodness did the house smell awful for quite some time uh, after they were cooking it yeah you grow accustomed to that it just become <laughs> yeah <laughs> now with the uh with venison um i assume you hunt is that where you get your venison yeah well i haven't since i've been back but um you know, and I don't know when, like, I don't currently have a rifle anymore and, and stuff like that. Um, I, I probably will this next season, but growing up here and my uncle, um, you know, uh, he's Alaska native and he took us out all the time. He's been hunting and fishing for years and he'll either, you know, we have family around here that gives us, um, you know, meat and, and venison and halibut and seafood and stuff. So, um, we have access to it, but, um, I'd like to get, I'd like to hunt maybe next year, but it was just with everything going on and, you know, it just hasn't happened yet. Um, I, I did when I was younger and, and, you know, grew up around it, and stuff like that, but it's been a long time. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, very cool. So kind of jumping into uh, some more of these questions here. Uh, I actually uh, I don't know the answer to, to this one just yet. I know we, we corresponded and said that you uh, ran across some of my videos. Uh, how, how did that happen? How, how did you stumble across my way? Okay, so I was going through sort of what happened at uh, University of Cumberland. Maybe we'll get into that a little more. Sure. But um, And I was just feeling very... You know, I, I thought, you know, there's there has to be Christian or slash conservative counselors out there. Like, I know we're not very represented, but like they must exist. You know, they're not, you know, it's not like, you know, Sasquatch or something like that. Like, I know it's, it's not a totally isolated phenomenon. So I just put in Google like Christian and 
and um, conservative counselor. And so you're, you came up and, cause I was really trying to figure out who to reach out to about what was going on. And, and, um, I, you know, I've been frustrated for a long time about just the lack. And maybe a lot of us just don't get in this field. I don't know, but you know, I, 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 there has to be more than I've seen in my professional life. Like I knew they were out there. So I just basically Googled it and, uh, you came up so well i i i appreciate you sharing that and I, I haven't fully gotten into this side of things that i'm about to get into just yet but one of my newest ventures that i'm uh, trying to get into is consulting and what you said there that i that makes me glad um because i've i've tried to put in some work that there's not a lot of us out there there's not a lot of conservative christian uh, counselors. So I've been trying to be pretty intentional with some of that language and some blog posts and video titles, things like that for this very reason, because there's more of us out there and, and I want I want to be found in that way. And, and I want to help consult other counselors or honestly, other just business owners of mm-hmm. how to conduct yourself in a way that it's not like I'm waving the you know, Republican banner around all all the place, but just trying to show we're in a divided culture and trying to tell people, hey, you don't have to, you don't have to sacrifice your morals. You, you can be upfront with that. So I'm glad that that part was effective, that you were able to to find me and reach out that way. Yeah, it was encouraging. And, and, you know, and I found a lot of, like, I'll get into a, I'll work, start working at an agency or and as I get to know people, I realize, oh, this guy, you know, he's a believer. He's, but um, it's hard to say. Like, I think we need to be much more. I hate to say on the offensive, but just kind of sitting idly by and oh, I hope that they all accept my opinion too. It's like that's obviously not going to work anymore. Right. I mean, you know. So um i have found people in this in this field that are but they're they're always very you know they kind of look around when we're in the mm-hmm. break room talking about things that have to do cultural things or political things and and it's like why is that like these other people we work with are not doing that they're very loud and outspoken and hanging lgbtqia plus stuff on their right. doors and and you know what i mean so it's like um i just I think we're in a we're in a in a culture and in a time where we really need to be a little more proactive or a little more, you know, on the offense. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I think that you're hundred percent right. And that's part of why I started my my practice. My uh, my practice has only been going officially since October. And I this part of why I want to encourage other people and I was so glad you reached out. I've not had anything bad happen yet. It's not like I've lost. Well, I take that back. I, I did lose a job because of uh, vaccine status, but that that's a whole other thing. Um, but I haven't lost a job. I haven't been fired because of uh, my, my political or religious beliefs. But I can see to where that could happen. It's, I mean, it's kind of... Uh, it's just good preparation in my mind for me to just get out ahead of this. And right. that way, if something does happen, well, at least I have some groundwork. Um, I, I, at least I'm not going to just be completely out to the wolves 
um, and having to sacrifice my morals to provide for my family. And that's what I want to be in the business of doing is encouraging more and more practitioners. And like I said, it just people that are trying to make their own businesses, no matter what it is, but yeah, you don't have to sacrifice your values. There's a lot of us out there and, and you, it's, it's contagious when you're open with your values, other people gravitate to that. Yeah, exactly. And and we need to encourage one another for sure. You know, I was, uh, I was reading Acts recently and, and um, just thinking about some of Paul's missionary journeys. And it's, it, it struck me how often he would go places for no other purpose, seemingly, than to strengthen and encourage and strengthen and encourage. And, he, you know, he would go on these long journeys. At least biblically, the only thing mentioned was, it appears his only purpose for going was to strengthen and encourage the church there, you know, or the people. And, um, you know, we especially in this field and especially in this culture, it's pretty easy to feel alone in the world that we really need one another, I think, you know, and um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of those resources, a lot of those, um, not agencies, I'm, th- I'm trying to think of like Freedom First or, or you know, these, uh, I, I can't, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but these, these organizations that are Organization, going out there yeah. and taking these things all the way to the Supreme Court and fighting for, you know, um, religious liberties and things like that. I'm, every time I read one of those things, like, oh, thank goodness that there's resources and people and professionals and lawyers that are that realize the importance of this that are out there doing this. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Now, Jack reached out to me. I, what What was it about a month or so ago of uh, just your your situation you're dealing with in, in your school. So um, if you wouldn't mind, just go ahead and, and, and kind of walking everybody through what this whole process was and, and what type of just mess of a situation that, that got thrown your way. Yeah. So um, as part of the program at university of the Cumberland, I was going to the clinical mental health uh, counseling program there. It, cause it was cat crap accredited and, you know, and it was a Christian school, I, you know, I thought when I signed up for it. Um, um, we, as part of the requirement for the program, we had to become members of the ACA, the American Counseling Association. And um, it was, you know, a hundred and something bucks a year and for, you know, the, time, the whole time we're in the program. And so I don't just sign up and give organizations my money without, you know, figuring out what they're all about. And, and um I ran into this in my bachelor's program with having to, with the NASW, but that's, that's another thing, um, which I refused to be a part of anything they were doing because of some other things. But, uh, so the, the ACA had a stated position on their website and they, they had some stated positions about abortion that were totally not at all. Like, like we, the ACA and our members believe this, like they were saying things like that. One of them had to do with abortion. One of them had to do with the transgender bathroom issue. And it said, basically, you know, anyone who opposes a transgender person using the bathroom of their stated gender identity is, you know, I mean, they didn't say literal Hitler, but it's, you know, you're about one or two move, you know, removed from, from that. Um, so it was like, you know, we, you know, we honor, we respect, and with the blah blah blah. So I, I was like, okay, well, that's all I needed to see the abortion issue and that issue, um, because I was the person that they were saying 
they stood in opposition to because I don't believe that you know biological man should swimming pool my wife and daughters you know or whatever so um so I wrote my advisor and I said so the ACA membership is an absolute requirement because um they have some stated positions I disagree with and I don't think that um becoming a member of the ACA should be required of anybody who has you know deeply held religious beliefs or I forget how I worded it I think I sent you the the email sort yeah of. yeah you did and and he said, yeah, there's no wiggle room. Uh, I wonder what your issue is, or what 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 do you have an issue with? So I told him. I said, well, first of all, there's this, this abortion, and 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 he wrote back. So you're saying you have a uh, what did he? It was like you have strong feelings toward the LGBTQ community. Is that accurate, or something like that? Yeah. And I wrote back and said, uh, no, that's not accurate. I have problems with the policies of the ACA and being required. Like, he just jumped there, which was, I thought, quite inappropriate. And, <clears throat> and, it, and it annoys me when, the, when, the, when it's framed that way. Like, I somehow have a problem with an entire community of people because I believe that, you know, men are men and women are women. It's just nonsense, you know, so... So I, we went back and forth and back and forth. And, and finally, you know, he was, I, I forget, but he just quit writing. And I said, he said, well, I'll, I'll reach out to the head or I'll reach out to somebody and let you know. And he, I never did hear back from him. So I reached out to, I forget who it was, the lady, um, uh, the head of, one of the heads of the program. She basically forwarded it on to Dean and the, so in, in their defense, in their, um, you know, to give them credit, the, the dean did reach out to me and said, well, actually, you know, he misspoke. You could go to another organization. You could do the AACC. Um, we do make exceptions for people with, you know, um, he didn't. Apologize. He said, I'm really sorry that you had a negative experience. He was very diplomatic and chose his words very carefully. He did not apologize for the way the guy, you know, dealt with the advisor, but he did say, you know, I'm sorry, I had a negative experience. And I, you know, do you have any other concerns? And I said, well, uh, well, yeah, I mean, this guy dealt with me in this way that I thought was really inappropriate, not very professional. And, and he's my advisor now for this whole program. And, you know, I'm supposed to believe he has my best interests at heart or that he's going to be, like, I didn't come out and say it, but I thought someone who, you know, um, had that kind of response to me and just like, there might be reprisals in some kind of way. I don't, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I was concerned about that. And he did say, no, we can get you another advisor. So he, I think he did everything he could. He explained to me, you know, this is a Christian university, but this is a secular program. That's what he mm -hmm. said. Interesting. Yeah. And so, so I said, all right, well, and he actually even brought up Liberty. He said, it's not like, you know, Liberty that, that infuse, and I don't know if he said infuses, but, but you know, it, the Christian worldview is very much built into their mm -hmm. program of what they teach. And I was thinking, yeah, I already reached out to Liberty and apply, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so, but I said, yeah, okay. And, and um, so, I mean, he was gracious. He took the time to call me and speak to me for over half an hour. I know he's a busy guy, so I do give him credit for that. Like they did try to make a way, but then the more then, but then there was some other things in the program and some other things the students were saying, 
that, you know, just a lot of gender ideology stuff mm-hmm. that kept coming up just in the first two classes I did that I thought, you know what, I'm just, I just don't think this is the right fit for me. And um, I reached out to a professor there that also taught at Liberty. And I, and I told her, you know, I'll, I, I won't tell anyone that we had this conversation. I just really want to know what you think. She encouraged me, you know, Liberty might be a lot better their program we talked about. Anyway, long story short, I applied at Liberty. I got accepted there. So I, I start their program on the 20th, which I'm excited about. And hopefully, I'm thinking it's Liberty. I can't be running into the same stuff there. At least I, I sure hope not. I, I haven't seen any red flags yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, and, and, um, so that was kind of a bummer experience. It was a good learning experience. Um, Liberty is also going to honor my uh, military service, so I get a much reduced discount. So that was a cool thing. So it's going to end up costing me a lot less mm. in the long run. And I think it's a Christ-centered program based on everything. Else. It was... in, I, I don't know anything specific of this university. I, I think I mentioned to you I went to... Um, I went to Oklahoma Baptist University, so I, I understand what it's like being in a a, a Christian based university. And OBU did a decent enough job. Um, they've done things since I've graduated that I've not necessarily agreed with. But regardless, they at least tried to keep that. Like that, their saying was, uh, "All truth is God's truth." So if you're in a science class and maybe we're not specifically talking about theology but we talk about gravity and and the apple falls from the tree well that might not specifically be a theology class but that still has god in it right i mean god created in our worldview god created the gravity so what do you think their justification of that language of well this is it's Christian university, but it's a secular program. That sounds like it's just ripped apart from Christ. This part's over here and the Christ part's over here. How how do you make sense of that? Or can you make sense of that? I mean, I guess I look back at all these universities that have, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's a lot of times they talk about God on the door of the, you know, and, and they're doing everything they can to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little bit when he said that, I thought, oh, okay. I mean, that was that moment in the conversation I was kind of holding on to, well, and this is before I knew for, for certain I was going to get the reduced tuition. And, and um, you know, so I was kind of like, ah, maybe I could just stick it out. I wasn't. But as soon as he said that, I had just made that decision in my mind. Okay, never, mm. You know, I don't. You know, um, it, it just, yeah, it was kind of like, oh. Oh, you know, kind of like when I run into somebody, yeah, I've been going to church, you know, and I'm like, oh, great. And they're like, yeah, it's the LDS, whatever. And not, I'm not, I don't mean to pick on more, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just kind of like, oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Like, like, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it was just kind of one of those moments like, uh, I just, you know, I knew what I had to do and. But I don't know what to make of it. It's like, if you're a Christian university, why wouldn't that, you know, why wouldn't there be a Christian worldview at least represented in your, at least to the point where my reason for not wanting to be a member of the ACA would would be well received, I would hope. You know what I mean? Like, 
I mean, this isn't Berkeley. It's like, right. you know, um, so yeah, it was a bummer. It was, uh, it, it really bummed me out because I think it's a little bit deceiving to people. And I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of Christian students there that are kind of feeling maybe how like, mm-hmm. uh, okay. And they're, you know, they're probably not nearly 50 years old and just not willing to up this crap like I am. But, um, so I think it's unfortunate for them. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's a bummer. I, I don't know how you have a Christian university, but, oh, but the behavioral science over here, and we're just going to, we're going to do what the world does. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think people should give them their money. Kind of like, uh, who is it? Jeremy boring at the daily wire, you know, quit giving these companies money that hate you. Like don't give your money to Hershey's. Don't, you know, I mean, I, I'll never go to Disneyland. I'm never going to order Disney plus. I'm never going to get Harry's razors. Like, uh, like I believe strongly in that. Like, you, you should not be paying huge sums of money to a, an institution that, that treats its students like this and that, you know, says it's a Christian university and then you get in and see how the sausage is made and yeah. it, it's like this. It's not cool. Uh, to put into some context, too, uh, for for some of the listeners that maybe not know about ACA, I, I know Jack uh, said, you know, Association of uh Wait, did I mess that up? American Counseling Association. American Counseling Association. There we go. I got this association wrong. Um, but there you go. I'm not a part of that. Um, I went to a state university, and this is just some of that cultural shift. Like the world's been the world from, from the get go. We we both, uh, you know, are, are Bible believing Christians, so we believe sin has been there since they ate from the fruit. You know, even Adam ate from the fruit. So it's not like this is new. But the way that it's, particularly in the counseling field, how it's just progressing at mock speed is significant. I graduated in 2013 from my master's from a state university. I I went to OBU for my undergrad, but I went to OU, uh, University of Oklahoma for my grad. State, not Christian at all. And I remember in my interview, I interviewed with a very, very liberal professor. Um, I don't know for certain on this, but I'm pretty sure uh, she was a lesbian. Again, I don't know that, but just there's some evidence to suggest that. And she was asking point blank in my interview, hey, is there a population, not that you would refuse to see, but that you would struggle with? And I was honest. I was... I was at the time uh, 22. I hadn't graduated bachelor's yet. And um, I was just honest of, hey, like during these, I mean, again, the ancient times of uh, just a decade ago, um, over a decade ago of uh, gay marriage wasn't even legal at that point. So that was kind of the big debate at the time. Trans stuff didn't, going to say it didn't exist. I know it, it literally exists, but the debate didn't exist. And I said that counseling a somebody that is that is homosexual would be a difficult case for me because of my religious beliefs of believing that that the act of homosexuality is sinful. So mm-hmm. I was just honest with that and and I I felt like I did it in a very professional way, but the kicker here is she was so gracious. 
She said it's that type of uh, honesty of of yourself and your own morals that's going to get you far in the in the profession. And she passed me. This person that I'm pretty sure is lesbian, very, very liberal. And I said I would struggle counseling a homosexual client. And she liked me. She was my advisor. We got along great. I am very hard pressed to think if we had the exact same conversation today that I would be allowed on campus, much oh, less be yeah. accepted. I don't think that honest discussion would be allowed. And to see that not just at an OU, a state university, but at a Christian university, it's like that's just off limits. We can't even get to homosexuality. That stuff's tame now. Uh, Saying a, a man's a man's a woman's a woman, that's some controversial stuff. So I think it's important in our culture where we talk about the importance of, of mental health and everything, which I agree, but we need to be careful of what these definitions are, what does mental health mean, and what does that treatment, what, what does that look like, even from your Christian counselors. I'm one of those, so I, I understand what I'm saying here, but just because someone slaps Christian counselor on there doesn't inherently mean they're being biblical. So we just need to be careful. And an example like Jack's where that training is coming from a admittedly secular perspective, again, that doesn't mean we have to write off the profession as a whole, but it does mean you need to be cautious because the training of these counselors now is fundamentally different from I'm 34 years old. I'm not that old, but from my training, it's fundamentally different that we are churning out activists left and right. And, and you just need to be cautious of, of who you're trusting. Yeah, it's really difficult. And, and like you said, um, that's another thing that really kind of offended me about my exchange with that advisor is he was saying things like, well, how are you going to counsel uh, a transgender person? How are you going to counsel someone who's had abortion? And I was just so offended. I've, first of all, it's very presumptuous because I've already done my, you know, my, my hours, my supervision and my, for my, my CD, well, it's LCDC three in Ohio. It's a CDC two in Alaska. It's addictions credential. Mm -hmm. It's a bachelor's level, you know, uh, license. But, you know, I, so in, in Southern Ohio, in the heart of Appalachia, I had a transgender, a young transgender client. Or, but anyway, they, they said they were transgender. And I had a client who was deciding whether to have an abortion. And I had a client who had had abortions, you know, I mean, and I said, I, I counseled them the same way you would anyone. I just met them where they were at. I didn't, you know what I mean? I'm not going to come at somebody like that. I mean, maybe if there was an open door and they, they genuinely asked me what I thought about it and I thought that it was uh, coming from a place of, you know what I mean, if it, in the right circumstances, but I'm not like, what do you think I'm going to do? Just lay hands on somebody and, and, and just how dare you? Like, I didn't know what, you know, I didn't like, I was just so offended by the notion that I could not effectively counsel somebody because they had these things going on in their lives or they identified in that way or whatever um which 
you know, and, and it was interesting too that, that how many times I've been asked, well, what are you going to do in light of the fact that you might have a trans or a gay student in your class? Like, what? How would you deal? How would you, you know? Um, they asked me to write an essay for um, uh, that FHSU. I think I applied at that program too. I can't remember if it was FHSU or U Cumberland. But one of the questions, one of the things they wanted me to write an essay about is basically how are you going to check your own beliefs at the door? How you know how are you going to set that aside? And it and it occurs to me like, would you ever think? And maybe they do this, but I I never hear that question in the context of, you know, what if you had Amish or more? Which I had Amish clients, believe it or not. Um, you know, what if you had Mormons in your class? What if what if you had very staunchly pro-life? Uh, Mormons that didn't, you know, that believed that men were men and women were like, like based on your ideology and your beliefs, how are you going to check your biases at the door and yeah. counsel that, you know, but I've never heard it asked in that way. It's always, oh, how are these, how are these religious folks going to figure out how to check their, you know, and it's just, it's, it's so annoying. It's like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. You know, it, it's like we all have by, and I tried to, I, I said that in my email exchange. To him. I said, you know, he's like, I haven't said what my beliefs are, you know, towards the end. And I'm like, I'm not saying that you, you said, stated what they were. I'm saying that you must have them. Right. You must have some position on Donald Trump or abortion or fill in the blank. Like we all have these beliefs, you know? And so you're asking me, like, how can you operate in the counseling world? Like, we all have beliefs. What are you talking right. about? Like, when when you come at me like that, you're basically just, you know, indicating that my beliefs are somehow just wrong, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, but it's, I don't want to become too cynical or too, but it's just, I, I more and more, and like you said, even in the last 10 years, like if it had been like this when I first kind of started, maybe 2014, whenever I kind of went back to school, um, I, I don't know that I would keep, I, I don't know. I, I keep thinking more and more, there might not just be a place for me in this field, but like, I don't want to give up on it, but it's pretty discouraging. It absolutely can be, no, no, no doubt about it. And that's part of, again, my reasoning of, now, let, let me back up a little bit of where your professor was coming from. And I know this was really taught to me in, in school. I think that not only is it difficult to do, I think it's impossible to do. And this is what you're hinting at there of I was trained to kind of be a, a blank canvas. I am I am nothing. Um, I am there for the client and whatever they say to me, I can reflect back or whatever, but I check my beliefs at the door mm-hmm. and it's not possible. Mm-hmm. Now, are there ways that you can really be, be wise and cautious of how you come across things? Like for instance, at my, my full-time job, still have a full-time job that I'm working at and it is not explicitly Christian counseling how I'm going to approach an LGBT person if they have uh, depression, anxiety, or whatever. It's going to be different because our informed consents are different. They're not going into Christian counseling. But 
if our informed consent on truth and grace counseling is, hey, we're coming, I'm explicitly coming from a Christian worldview, and I have that in my informed consent, uh, I have my statement of faith, which I don't make anybody sign off on, but I do make them say, hey, if, if there's parts you disagree with, um, wh- what are they? Because I want to be on the same playing field here. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to treat them fundamentally different because we're in different situations. That's not fair for me to treat them the same way I would in my pri- private practice where we talk about a statement of faith as just a run-of-the-mill normal counseling practice. But what I've found and uh, in, in my ability to keep my values, my biblical principles going long-term is I can't be that blank door to everybody. I have to be able to express, hey, here's at least a piece of where I'm coming from. I may not go full on in. I'm not going to tell them all of my personal stories and just become friends. But if my field is going to tell me, no, you have to affirm their gender no matter what. No, I'm, I'm not going to because I have to look at myself and say what's more important my my job my affiliation of, of whatever uh, counseling organization or is it my morality and if i am there's a difference between me counseling somebody that is trans that is gay and we're talking about something about their anxiety depression or whatever that's different than me actively encouraging them to go down a road that i feel scripturally and honestly research science-based as well is leading them down a path of destruction. That's not worth it. And it's up to me to be honest with those beliefs. And what I'm seeing is people like you, and I've had some clients, just this breath of fresh air. Hey, we're not dealing with all this nonsense of the world. Like let's actually get to the root of our issues and move on. But we can't do that as, as a blank slate. It's just not possible. Yeah. And you're talking about some things like my big concern for you would be like, maybe <clears throat> I don't know, like masterpiece cake shop or like, there's yes. no way that, and there's no way I believe that those two guys just happen to wander in. Cause they like no. that, that whole thing was, so I would be concerned about somebody coming and intentionally being like, I need counseling for this and you have to affirm and, you know, kind of, weaseling their way into your to you know to turn around and cause you trouble rather than just go to a counselor that's a better fit for them that's not the world we live in sure you know i mean and another you know and and i I have a friend that was working as a counselor in well kind of a school counselor case manager sort of role in colorado and he told me that if a kid comes to you even if they say like i'm struggling with whatever homosexuality or my gender, right? You know, cause they're going to be confused in this culture. Um, the, he is not allowed, even if the client expresses that they want to look into, you know, um, just, uh, you know, if, even if it's an unwanted same sex attraction or something like that, and they mm-hmm. indicate, look, I want to do something about this or I don't want, he, he was in a position where he could not even explore that. Like the only thing he could do was affirm their, you know, whatever. Like you can't even explore it. You can't even suggest that this could be the cause of their anxiety and their depression right. and their problems. 
Like you just have to, Oh no, that's not contributing to it at all. It's, you know, which, you know, when you look at the, you know, suicide and the comorbidities with the mm-hmm. transgender community and, you know, they, Oh, it's cause they're not accepted. And cause it's like, they are more accepted and revered and elevated, you know, in this current culture and the, and the suicide rates are still darn near 50% are, of yeah. them are ending their lives by suicide. So it's like, it's, it, there's much more going on there. Right. But you can't even explore it. You can't even have the conversation. So it's like, what are you supposed to do? And that's really getting into, and I don't know all of the states. And and I would say kind of going backwards a little bit too. One of my saving graces is where I'm currently licensed in, in, in Oklahoma and Texas. We're pretty well protected with that. I, I know both states have some bills going on right now to uh, kind of enhance some protections as far as uh, children and, and transitioning and, and, and things. Now, there's certainly many parts of the country where that's not the case. And where they're getting into is, and I think this is a big talking point, is is conversion therapy. And conversion therapy now means if, just like what you're saying, if there's any piece to any sexual gender identity at all, then what people believe conversion therapy is, is you just accept that, say yes, and move on. There's nothing else behind there. No trauma, no anxiety, no, no nothing. We don't go deeper. Yeah. And that it it's absurd is really what it is. And I'm hopeful that there's going to be enough backlash and some of these more progressive states that have tried this. Um, if nothing else to stronghold some conservative states like my own to help protect against it, but conversion therapy, when it first really was getting into it, it wasn't about the act of questioning whether somebody was gay or not. That was not the original outrage. The outrage was some of the methods it it was doing like convulsion therapy, shock therapy, things like that to do all these aversive therapies to physically harm somebody and show them like gay porn or something like that to try to make them not want that stimuli. That was the original part of it. Now it's morphed obviously to now to the degree you no questions whatsoever, not even about gay, the gay stuffs. That's, that's all said and done with it's gender things. Now Um, it's absurd. It, It hand ties, Every counselor and every training, we're that's like 90% of our job is asking questions, getting to the root of stuff. And that mm-hmm. hand ties you. And if that's the way the field goes, then yeah, like we're we're just activists at that point. We're we're really not serving any purpose. Yeah, and it's hard because it's like kind of like in school, there's been a few times I had a real anti-Trump guy in my bachelor's program. I mean, there's, there's been a few times I pushed back and just said, no, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Like, you know, um, but it's like, I don't have the, you know, I got a family to raise. I'm trying to make a living. I'm trying to like, (laughs) it's like, I don't know how much fight I have in me for this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, especially the notion that I'm just saying like womanhood is sacred. Like womanhood is not just subject, some subjective sense of what, you, th- you know, and it's funny, my, my wife's cousin, she's 
wonderful. She's a, a clinician here in town. She has her own practice. And she kind of chuckles at me. And um, like at my last job, this activist came in and introduced herself. She was from the ACT team. And, and um, you know, she's, she's a they, them, and whatever. And um, she wanted to go around and everybody introduce yourselves and give your preferred pronoun. Like, I'm not participating. In I'm not giving you my, you know. I'm Jack. I'm the re-entry counselor guy. Like, and she's sort yeah. of, and I just let it hang there. And then finally I just said, I'm not giving you a front. Like, yeah. And if pressed, I would say, you're asking me to participate in a gender ideology. I don't, you're not going to do that. And I will fight this all, you know what I mean? But she left it alone and she didn't push, but my wife's cousin kind of chuckles about it. Oh, I would have just given him my pronoun. It's like, think about mm-hmm. what you're saying. Like you have two daughters. They're one and three. Like, it's like, walk that dog out. Do you want biological males who could potentially be very troubled in the swimming pool locker room? Like, do you want to explain that to your five-year-old? You know, all I'm saying is that womanhood is sacred. I, You know, you do not get that place up on the podium with my wife and my mother and all, all these females that fought so hard to, to to excel in these sports that are just getting these it's like we're it's like we're under some weird spell. It's like I'm 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 waiting for everyone to kind of snap out of it and then look back and go, no, no, we never we never suggested that males should be in the changing rooms and we never said that uh, Leah Thomas should. It's like no, you did. We have the receipts. Like, you know, what were you all thinking? Like, did you not? You know, you are you so short sighted that you could not see how this could be a potential problem? You know, um. So it's just like, I don't even know where I was going with that, but, but <laughs> I think I got off on a get kind of emotional about that issue. But, you know, I, I just, I, I get tired of it being like, oh, you're just getting so worked. Yeah, I'm getting worked up. This is very important. Yes. Like womanhood is very, and women fought. That's why I am so allied with the turf, the trans exclusionary radical feminist. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the nineties, I'm like, oh, I can't even be in a room with it. You know, now I'm just like, thank you, sisters, for for doing what you're doing. Like, thank you for yeah. recognizing that men, biological men have no place in this. You know, just oh and when you were saying that earlier about, about pronouns and dressing rooms and all that, um I'm with you. I never thought in a million years that um, I would have so much in common with like J.K. Rowling, who oh, is. Yeah. I thought as as left as could be, um, but she knows what a woman is, as we all do. Everybody does. They can say they don't, or it's a spectrum, but they know. We we all know. Um, but I yeah, I have a lot of respect for that community, and in a lot of ways. They are, they are right about, about the patriarchy, honestly. And Mm -hmm. it's, what's interesting is, is the patriarchy right now is, is Leah Thomas. Oh yeah. Admiral Levine. It's all of these men that are taking over women's spaces that if you want to say the patriarchy, that looks like the patriarchy to me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's men just robbing you of your opportunity i love that video on youtube i don't it was like this older woman and she they're filming the swim meet and she's going give me a break you don't see that that guy that guy has an advantage over 
And the guy in front of her goes, look, I'm not a, he said something like, I'm not a medical, or I'm not a biologist, or I'm not a woman. I can't speak to, I can't remember which one it was. And she goes, oh, come on. I'm not a veterinarian, but I know what a dog is. <laughs> and it was just the most perfectly timed. It's like, that's absolutely right. You know, it's absolutely, it's nonsense to suggest that that dude, uh, especially in that, like, you know, if they're, I'm, I don't even know the other big name, uh, but, but in a swimming environment where it's just so stripped down and obvious that that is a yeah. biological male standing up there. It's like, how can you all just sit here and allow that dude to, you know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. just saying things like that is like career ending now for me to say, how could you say that that, you know, or whatever, like that, that, those kind of things, if, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's, it's absolute nonsense. I never would have thought 10 or 15 years ago that we, that this would even be a, mm-hmm. or that and, fem- and, supposed feminists would just sit yeah. by and say, well, we're allies. And it's like, oh, no, stop it. I appreciate your stance there on on pronouns, and that's one that I'm actively on as as well. In fact, that was the first big precipice of me uh, getting my own practice because I had been doing a, a side job, and on the side job, they forced clients to do their pronouns. They had never forced us to do it, but it's one of those, if they're forcing clients to do on their profiles, then they're, they're going to force us eventually. And yeah, I won't. I, I just, I absolutely will not do that. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten some similar pushback as well from, from people on the right, Christ, right-leaning Christians. Oh, it's just a pronoun. Like, you know, uh, you use he and him or whatever all, all the time. What What's the big deal? And it's really, it's like that gateway drug into this ideology. You are, you are saying that you can just pick and choose that. And I think a lot of these people are well-meaning and they just don't want there to be a a lot of conflict and don't want to fight about every little things. I get that, but you can't give an inch on this ideology. You you just can't, You, you have to squash it. Yeah. If you participate in it, you're, you're, you know, that's that's not how you win. You especially don't win against this culture that way. Mm-mm. You know, that's why anytime someone, how do you check, how are you going to check this at the door? And I, I always come back with, well, how do you check your beliefs? Yeah. Like you have, yeah. you must have strong beliefs. It'll be a, like a lefty I know or something. And it's like, you know, what are you going to do with a staunchly pro-life, a young girl who's in an abusive relationship and she's a teenager and she's pregnant and everything according to your worldview and your ideology is just get rid of that thing and you know because that's what yep. you believe. How are you going to check all that at the door when she's comes to you know when she comes to you for for counsel? You know it's like that. That's a two way street, and I'm and I'm yep. really tired of Christians having to answer for that and 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 give a thousand and you know word essay on on how we're going to do that. It's like right. we all everybody needs to do that. You're gonna you know that. Yeah. Um, Oh, that, oh, yeah, that's where I was going with the, when I got off on the tangent, the, the her razzing me about, or, yeah, what's the big deal? Well, it is, it is a big, you know, it, it's nonsense. And I'm not, I'm just, I'm not going to participate. Absolutely. Uh, you, you mentioned a, a abortion, and obviously I'm going to uh, not, not give any um, 
indicators for, for this individual, but recently had, had a client and we were exploring that possibility uh, of abortion. And I'm staunchly, in fact, I'm, I'm so anti-abortion uh, that I tend to like to use that terminology, anti-abortion, as opposed to pro-life. Right. Um, and, and I do that for a few reasons, one of which, because I found just in debates, and I, I try not to do too many, but I say I'm pro-life, and like, oh, you only care about life when they're born, but when they're born, you don't care about them. I just get tired of that discussion, so mm-hmm. I just say, no, I'm against abortion. Anyways, I don't. I didn't tell that to my client. This was not in my private practice, and um, didn't think that was pertinent for them to know. But yeah, I'm. Did my beliefs influence the conversation? You bet it did, because I sat there and I distinctly remember this moment of, okay, I can let this go, and professionally. Nobody would look at me in uh, in the professional field and think, well, you did anything wrong. You explored the idea. She came to our conclusion. Let it go. But in the moment, I had, uh, I had about 30 minutes left in session. I was I distinctly remember if I don't push this a little further, there, there's a professional way to do it. But if I don't push it a little bit further, nobody in her life is going to say anything otherwise. I'm the only voice of i wasn't even saying don't do it but the only questioning voice at all of hey if we do this like i just want you to think i go along this line um i just want you to really take time to think about this because this is a decision that you don't get to get to go back on Mm. um and just through that type of discussion at the end of it i thought she was going to go along and, and go ahead and do it I think the saving grace is this was Oklahoma and um, she actually had to travel um, in, in order to get that done. And um, anyways, decided not to, decided to keep the baby. And I can, somebody else, a left leaning person maybe could look at that and like, oh, well, you really shouldn't have, have done that. You let your values influence. And to which I would say, yeah, they, they did influence it, but I did it within a very ethical way. She doesn't know all of my personal beliefs, but I was able to weave that in through some of the questions and through some of the framework. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to your school of them to just pass that off, to act like, oh, somebody comes in for an abortion or whatever. This is a secular, (laughs) secular profession or secular field. That's ridiculous because there absolutely are ways in a secular job to infuse your beliefs in it. People do that all the time. And in the same way, that leftist, I'm sure, would would ask the questions and frame it in a way that's yes. You know, oh, can you? Do you think you can really take care of it? Like you're telling me you're yeah. not going to go there when you deal with that same individual? Like nonsense, you know? Absolutely. Um, um, you know, and and. I guess in a, in a, in its purest sense, we wouldn't, but like you said, if you want them to make a decision based on, it's like, let's look at, okay, you can look at the, the consequences of having a baby and how your life's going to change. You could also look at, you know, what women who have had abortions say it was like, or, you know, maybe they're, I mean, there's a lot of ways to explore that without indicate or without um, pushing your own value, you know, that's. 
being told to just not explore it at all though is not an option no we need to be able to explore. sure and i think that's where this world view uh, and and that's another thing too to that was irritating me when we were kind of going through those emails of again just acting like there's this middle ground of amorality um again we're going to check our values at the door and there's this amoral way to go about life that that is just so incredibly untrue mm-hmm. because in order to do that, we're buying into the fact that sexuality, your gender, all of that is set from that very second of conception. And there's absolutely no influence on that at all. It's mm-hmm. all just set from that get-go. And there, first off, there's no proof of that. Nobody has ever done any brain studies or anything and and found that gay gene or the transgender gene or whatever they haven't found it and i don't think they will ever find it Mm -hmm. and i just i just don't believe that and i don't even believe that on a lgbt side of things you 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 mean to tell me that a let's say a 17 year old uh that father was out of the home or whatever and now they're disrespecting women and and are sleeping around and leaving them or whatever you tell me that even that heterosexuality that wasn't influenced by their life of course it was like that's just nonsense for us to sit there and think that wouldn't apply if it has anything to do with lgbt at all we're not even getting into changing orientation just Mm -hmm exploring that's that's our job is to explore and yeah it's to say that that's not that doesn't have any values um it's amoral it's just untrue you're gonna have morality in some way shape or form it's just what's influencing you yeah absolutely so going through what you're going through and you're still in the the middle of your you know your your education and everything Let's say there's some kid out there, maybe they got a psychology degree or they're just they're wanting to become a, a counselor or a social worker or whatever, but they're a Christian. What advice would you give them? What would you tell them to do to, to help prepare for this journey? Well, <clears throat> I would I would urge people to I, I know it's easy to just I hear people say it all the time, you know, just get your A and move on. Um, tell the teacher what they want to hear. You know, I, I did that a little bit in my bachelor's program. I had this, I forget which class it was. I'm so Basically we had to report on climate change. Like they were like, it was framed like this, like report on the effects of climate. It wasn't even like, is there climate change or how bad is climate change? It was like yeah. report on climate change. And these are the resources you have to use. Like, basically, we don't want you out there on the Internet, you know, looking for those climate deniers and the whatever. <laughs> like, it has to come from these sources. And this is what we and, and, and write a paper about, it, you know, and I'm just like, oh, this is so tedious. Like, this is so annoying. So in that instance, I don't care enough. Like, I like it was the end of the semester. Was whatever. I did it. And I, I told the guy, no, oh, we all need to be more conscientious about whatever <laughs> stupid stuff you want to hear. But when it came to, um, you know, another teacher that had us watch this this Dateline thing on Charlottesville, 
and this guy was, and I knew because I do, I research all my professors and stuff. So he was a lefty. He had a Ted talks. It was totally lefty. Um, um, and it was basically the Trump said, you know, good people on both sides and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, that did not happen. Um, so they asked, we had to do a feedback on it. And I said, well, it's propaganda. It's nonsense. And and he's like, I, well, I don't know what you mean. You know, the fact that you had to parse through all this. And he was kind of suggesting that I had went and found where Trump had made a comment in another. Like this dude yeah. didn't even realize that in that very comment, like six seconds after Trump said, yeah. he on both sides, he said, I'm not talking about the white supremacists and the Nazis because because they should be condemned entirely. Mm-hmm. He said that in the same clip, like six seconds after the. Yep. And he wasn't even aware of that because he didn't do his due diligence. And so I told him, no, no, I didn't go find this in another interview. It's not some like he was suggesting that Trump backpedaled after the event. Mm-hmm. I said, no, Trump said this in that same clip. They just cut it off like they cut it off and, and they, they made it sound as if. And now you're peddling this to 19 year old kids. who, And I'm just like, no, you're misleading. That you're This is propaganda. You know, I just was like, no, I'm not. I'm not, you know. And we had a big back and forth and he ended up saying, you know, I respect you, whatever. But I guess the point is most 19, 20 year olds that want their A and their, you know, they're not going to push back like a guy in his 40s who's already lived a bunch of crazy life, whatever, you know. So it's like I, I would urge them to not, uh, you know, um, like you said, stick to your convictions and don't play by their, you know, when you get those emails about this is why pronouns are important. I get that was another thing that happened at the end of my bachelor's program. The department head was sending out like, this is why we use pronouns and this is why it's important. I'm just, no, you know, I would say don't participate in that nonsense, you know, and don't be afraid to call it nonsense. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a there's this part, not not a large part of me, but a small part that, you know, so, somebody could see me on this thing, having this saying the things I'm saying down the road if i'm working at an agency or something you know they could potentially it could cost me something or i'm sure it could cost you something being as outspoken as you are sure but it's like you know do do it anyway if you participate in this you if you just are kind of a silent uh observer to all this and you don't push back um you know there's going to be dire consequences the culture we're in we can, we need to be on the offense of all. Yes. Um, I think a lot of, um, you know, like, like the advisor I dealt with, he needed to be, I, I think it was totally appropriate for me to push back and say, not only do I not think ACA membership is appropriate, uh, the way he dealt, the way he framed what he was saying to me was inappropriate. Um, you know, I still never heard anything back. I don't think it's very professional. I mean, this guy's a doctor. I mean, he he is a doctor uh, with influence in a Christian university. Um, And, you know, when the dean called me, I I let him know exactly what I thought about that. I didn't think it was appropriate at all. And um, so, you know, it's I I urge people to fight and not become discouraged, you know, and, and not play by these nonsense games. Like, don't give. There's a reason for not giving pronouns. You shouldn't even participate in that. Um, it's okay to say that womanhood is sacred and that women are women and men are men. Like, um, you know, I keep thinking we're going to snap out of it. But, I mean, I, you know, 
mean, I would just, and I would say choose, I, I don't know where the strongholds are. I'm assuming Liberty is safe. Um, I mean, it's a very supposedly devoutly Christian university. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I didn't realize they have a bunch of NCAA division one teams and stuff. Like it, it's pretty yeah, legit. Yeah. I've, been, I've been like excited about going out for the, the campus visit and stuff, but um, they're probably going to be like, who's this old tattooed guy? You know? but, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I, I would say, and I would say, don't give your money to these universities that are just, especially if they're Christian in name and they're, and, and you get in that program and it's just obviously a secular program, just get out. Don't, you know, that's a lot of money to pay for an education that is basically indoctrinating you like all the other, you know, leftist uh, universities. Because, yeah. I mean, we're, it, it's a war. It's, you know, um, um, I was at work the other day and one of the, the case managers was, was talking about how their seven or eight year old granddaughter and some people in her class are saying, well, I'm trans and I'm gay. And she's like, they're seven and eight. Like, why are they even having these conversations? And this was a previous agency I worked at that was very, very, you know, um, uh, gender affirming healthcare and, you know, whatever. I, I no longer work there, but, um, I was like, yeah, why indeed? Why do you think that is? Why do you think our little ones are so confused? Like, you know, so at the end of the day, that millstone it talks about in the Bible, you know, better. Mm-hmm. That thing's heavy, you know, and, and, yeah. and we, have an ob- we have an obligation to not participate in this and not further confuse children. I mean, let me show you this. I got this at the health department when I went for my TB test this week. A resource for trans students. In Juno, middle school edition. All right, and 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 here on page eleven, um, lean on adults that you trust. Not everyone has supportive adults in their families or home. It's important to find supportive adults who you can trust. You might find those supportive adults at your school, in the teen health center, or at Zach Gordon Youth Center. A supportive adult is someone you feel safe with and someone who respects you. A supportive adult might go, you know, go with you to a meeting, help you fill out an email, blah, blah, blah. You know, these schools want to raise our children, and this is the kind of stuff that they're telling them, and this is, they're doing everything they can to do it without the parents' participation or knowledge. Um, It's horrible. It's not appropriate. Um, You know, and, and so... Yeah, I urge people to push back like we're in a cultural war. I mean, yeah. not to be overly dramatic, but, you know. But it's true. Yeah, and, and don't give those schools your money. Don't give those companies your money. I mean, Disney, Hershey's, like, they're never going to see another dollar. It's nonsense, you know. I, I, will, I will say on the college front and, and really what on the uh, – like you're saying with, with Hershey's and Disney and some places like that, that have been really vocal here recently. Maybe this is the inner optimist in me coming out and it it very well could be, but it seems that particularly on the universities, I know schools have been overly expensive for quite some time. I know they've been leftists for quite some time. They seem to be going on a trajectory that is not sustainable. It, it's like I said, just from the time I was in grad school, the changes are significant, um, like uh, unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. I, and 
my hope with that is because it's so unrecognizable, because it's getting so, so left, because it's getting so, so expensive, that by the time my kids, which I've got a, a three-year-old, a one-year-old, and um, I, I got another kiddo on the way, so in the next 10, 15-ish years when they're looking for college, I'm hopeful by that point there might be some type of alternative, some type of... Uh, different network i would love for there to be more um uh, journeymen and like if my son wants to become a plumber or whatever um i would love for that to become more normalized and just getting out of this because the and in, in my parents generation and in my generation it was you graduate high school you go to college that's just what you do it, you if you're not smart, then you don't go to college. Like that's that's it. And I think we're starting to see some shifts of that. Now I don't know what that looks like, and I could be dead wrong. It could be 15 years from now when things are just that much worse and there are no alternatives. But I think the encouragement for professionals, especially um, for for someone like my myself, and with you getting out, uh, going through through your schooling when you get out, is Let's not just wait for these organizations to get better. Let's not wait for Hershey's to stop doing stuff. Like, let's make stuff. Let's go make our own organizations. Mm-hmm. Go make your own schools. Go go set. I would love for there to be at some point some different type of licensure for, uh, for a different type of counseling field. I don't know. Um, and again, this could all fail spectacularly and I could be dead <laughs> wrong. But I would rather people try and fail than tr- just go through, get that A and move on. Just keep your head down. Don't say anything. That's not working. And it's going to, that will definitely fail spectacularly. Let's at least try some other avenues and i hope that that starts popping up more so yeah well exactly what you're talking about mike rowe talks about this all the time there's this huge working class contingent in our in our society that are getting old and retiring and and we've been telling all these kids for the last 20 30 years oh you you know you get a liberal arts degree and you Mm. i mean there's um skilled labor jobs and i mean in alaska you can come up in alaska and make six figures right out of high school next year. I mean, it's bonkers. Yeah. I mean, I know a guy that does uh, spray insulation. He's a mm-hmm. friend of mine, um, sp- like spray foam insulation. He he cannot find enough people to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he could have five crews work in Southeast Alaska around the clock. Um, a lot of people don't want to do the, the work, and a lot of people are just, I, I don't know, he, he just can't find good help. But, I mean, there's... You're, I think you're talking about some, um, I mean, there's all kinds of opportunities in in blue collar. That's what I'm hoping my teenage boys, they, they actually went to a job fair yesterday at the mm-hmm. mall here. And, um, you know, it might be the Forest Service or it might be, you know, the Pipe Bitters Union or something. I, I hope they go that route. I mean, they're going to make a whole lot more money. They won't be racked with yeah. debt. They, you know... Um, I don't know, but like you said, it's not sustainable. I mean, there's just this: who's going to work all these jobs? And another thing, Mike Rowe always points out is in the in all those U.S. News and World Report, you know, hundred best schools in the country. You never see trade school. Like we don't put a high value on skilled trade and like we used to, and, and working with your hands and taking pride in your you know work. And um, 
we're gonna we're gonna see the fallout there's endless opportunities in all these different sectors in alaska for um somebody to make a really really good living and you know you never hear about it. like you said that's what we all you the smart ones go to college and mm-hmm. other ones you know join the military or do something else you know i don't know i know a lot of people with which with uh you know communications degrees that are bartending you know yeah well you had a good old uh uh aoc she oh. she was bartending right and she had a economics degree oh, so so painful <laughs> oh. Well, Jack, any other uh, things that you would like to to talk about, or or some things that you're working on bef- before we head out today? Oh gosh, well, I would just say I hope I, I wasn't too cynical. Um, you know, I take these things really, really seriously, but I would like to say, you know, at the end of the day, we have a living hope. Um, you know, I I was thinking about my life before I came to the saving knowledge of Christ. My wife and I kind of both did together. And just how cynical and hopeless and, you know, um, it's like, I, there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, as bonkers as everything looks to me right now, it's like, you know, I mean, they were sitting on Mars Hill having these conversations thousands of years ago. I mean, and I, and I know how the story ends and we have a living hope. And, um, so I always remember that, you know. I have a, a treasure, I guess, in, in Jesus, yeah. you know, and, and, um, and I need to remember to love these people that frustrate yes. me to such a large degree. It's got it so hard, but, um, you know, I need to remember to love them and they're just lost and deceived and, and, yes, <clears throat> you know, so I get pretty worked up. So I, I hope I wasn't, uh, too cynical or, or, you know, but, um, but there is hope. There's always hope, you know. Yes. Um, I, I don't want to just give up on this profession and this field, because especially in 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 addictions and substance use disorder mm-hmm. uh, counseling, it's really where my heart's at. Um, in some ways, that's almost a little easier because the issue is just you know kind of focused on that. Sure. And um, but but um, you know, I don't want to give up on this. I love counseling. I love um. I love helping other people find truth and find a new way of life. So um, I don't want to just throw my hands up and give it to the, you know, the world like we did with education and with, mm-hmm. I mean, um, it, 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 it so boggles my mind that the, everybody got such up, so up in arms about Twitter. It's like, you're just mad that it's not your, you know, it's like you got Hollywood, you got, you know, you, you, you have all media except for a couple, you know, Fox News and, you know, a, a couple of outlets, you know, you totally control the narrative. And, and when you, you lose an inch there and, and Elon Musk buys Twitter uh, and, and just wants to make it like fair. But, yeah. Um, you know, so. So I want to I want to not just give up hope, but um, boy, we need to stick together. It's a small right. contingent of uh, you know. Um, like I said, I, I was glad that I that I located you, and that um, that you were able to be Googled and 
And, you know, because in that moment when I, in my frustration, I was like, there have got to be others out there. I need to find them. You know, this is, yeah. and, and so um, I'm, I'm really encouraged that you're doing what you're doing. And, um, you know, I just, yeah, we got to stick together. Uh, you know, I think there's a place for us out there. We just have to, I think it's, it's going to be a fight. I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. No. Like you said, it's not sustainable. Can't go on. Every time I see Hershey's or one of these, you know, I'm thinking, who are they pandering? I mean, this is this is not the majority of the population. No. I mean, I lived in the Midwest. Most people are not, you know, they don't believe this stuff. Like, where are they at? But, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, th- there's there's a difference between uh, I I've talked about this before on the on the show. We need to know the fight that that we're in like i can say no things are good um i i talked i've talked about this often especially being in oklahoma you know we're ruby red um and and even aside from the state that i know the last two elections uh presidential elections we had every county vote red and in my county um it's usually like 70 30 um for most elections going republican i mean it's it's pretty ruby red mm-hmm. um but i talk often i hear this uh kind of talk well it wouldn't happen here doesn't happen here not not in oklahoma yeah it does oh. is it as front and center no but i wouldn't think juno alaska would have that stuff but here we go it's oh. everywhere oh absolutely so, you need to be aware, but as you're saying, we got to keep that within, within perspective. Um, particularly if you're a Christian, um, we already have that hope and, and that's where we need to check ourselves while yes, we're in a, in a fight and we, we need to be upfront. Everything we talked about is true. We need to know we're not the ones that are, are going to fix it all. We right. serve our purpose. Um, but we have to have faith. And if that means that our civilization crumbles, then that, I'm not going to say that's good. But if that's how God chooses to use this, then that's how he chooses to use it. And we need to have that faith that our job's to speak truth and what happens, happens. That, yeah. That's not up to us. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Jack, I, I really appreciate you for one, reaching out to me um, back last month or so. Um, and yeah, for, for hopping on and, and, speaking out today and yeah we'll we'll definitely catch up later and uh wish you the best at liberty yeah thank you very much and thanks for having me and yeah it was it was very encouraging uh what you're doing so keep up the good work and i'll definitely be in touch all right well thanks jack thank you the last word today's last word is kindness. Now, I don't know if any of you have heard this before, but there's something called the 11th commandment. Now, don't pause this video or turn it off or or get off the podcast. I realize there's only actually 10 commandments in the Bible. But this 11th commandment is kind of an implied commandment that many in the church really uphold, probably more than the other 10 commandments. And that is the commandment of being nice. Now, Note that the final word I chose was kindness and not niceness. Let me give you an, albeit 
rather extreme example to show you why I did not use niceness. So let's say I am just really hating my, my left hand. And I look at my left hand. This is a stupid left hand. I'm going to cut that left hand off. That would make me feel better because I don't like my left hand. You, being a, uh, a wise human, you might think, Johnny, what are you doing? Don't cut your left hand off. Your left hand's fine. Don't do that. If you're only concerned about being nice, then you would only concern yourself of how I'm feeling in that moment. So you being nice, I would feel better if you agree with me that I should cut my hand off. So if you're just being nice to me in that moment, oh, Johnny, no, it's okay. You, you do what you want with your hand. It's fine. It's your decision. I trust you. That would make me feel better in the moment if I truly want to cut my hand off. But is that a very kind thing to do? No, it's not a kind thing to do. There's nothing wrong with my hand. My hand's functioning just fine. Me cutting that hand off is a very bad thing for me to do for, for my health. But you in that situation, solely being nice, wanting my feelings to be better and for you to feel better by there not being a lot of conflict. We got rid of the conflict there and I felt better in that moment, but it wasn't kind. It, that's leading me down a path that I might actually go ahead and do that. And I'm probably going to regret that. And that's not going to be a very good decision if I cut my well-functioning left hand off. Now, I use that example for one, because it is rather extreme. I know most people that are being nice in situations aren't being in quite an extreme example as that. But it's also pertinent to this current transgender movement that's going on. I've recently had an example with my daughter. My daughter is three. And if any of you have a three-year-old or have had a three-year-old in the past, you know they just like to argue sometimes. Well, my daughter, who is very much a daughter, uh, very much a, a girl, she said, I'm a boy. This has been a few months ago. To which I replied, no, you are a girl. And then she just kept replying back, I'm a boy, I'm a boy. And eventually, I just knew she wanted an argument, so I never agreed with her, but we just dropped it. And what do you know? That next day, she's back to wearing beautiful dresses, as she calls them. She's a beautiful girl. I'm so pretty, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> she's a very confident little three-year-old girl. Issue was dropped. If I was solely intent on making her feel better in that short temporal moment, I could have said, you know what? Yeah. You say that you're a boy, you can be whatever you want. You can be a boy, you can be a girl, non-binary. I believe you, I love you. I could have said that, but would that have been kind? I would very much argue that that would not only not be kind, it would be quite evil, quite sinful thing to do. Because my daughter, she's three. She, she was saying things just because she's being argumentative testing boundaries. She knows that her brother is a boy. She knows that um, her brother Isaac, that's going to be born later this year, is a boy. So she's heard boy thrown around and she's just being argumentative. Her intention there was to test where are those boundaries at. That's what three-year-olds do. Her intention was not to change her gender try to change her sex, which you never can. You can try to get some surgery to 
make yourself sort of look like it, but you'll never be that other sex. It's impossible, even with surgery. But even if that was my daughter's intention, would that be kind for me to affirm that? I would argue no. Again, just like I said, that sex is static. It will never change. And it's actually a very loving thing for me to not give in to that type of worldview. And in my daughter's situation, she didn't even know what she was talking about. So if I gave into that and said, yeah, you are a boy, that's increasing confusion in her young, little, fragile mind. So it was actually very kind of me, for one, to refute that, and two, to not bring that situation back up with her, acting like this is a big thing, we need to have a big sit-down talk because she said she's a boy. She's being a three-year-old. And guess what? The research shows, and just like with my daughter in this situation, most of the time when you just let it be, particularly for little littles, it goes away. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She's a three-year-old. So there's other situations that are um, going to be a little bit trickier. Um, maybe you're dealing with a situation with your spouse or um, people in your church or some loved ones that you have that you have disagreements with. And maybe you think that they're they're living a life of, of sin that's very apparent or um, they're, they're talking to you in a certain way that's not right. And you're choosing to be nice by either not bringing things up or agreeing with them on aspects that you know are wrong. I'd urge you to think twice about that because what's nice, what's making them feel better in the moment might be sending them down a path that they don't need to go down. Or maybe by you speaking up, by being kind in that way. And again, when I say kind and speaking up, I don't mean you're yelling and screaming. I don't mean I go to my daughter and spank her. How dare you say you're a boy? That's the worst thing ever. No. When you're kind, yeah, you're still saying it in a very um, humble, appropriate way. Keep your emotions in check. But ask yourself, is me being nice, me agreeing with them, is it really helping them? Is it really something that's going to lead to fruit in their life? And if you're solely focused on being nice, I can about guarantee you that that's not happening. So I urge you, think in your life, am I confusing these things? Am I really being kind? Am I, with my words, leading people in a way that's going to lead to fruit? Or am I kind of patting their back on the way to destruction? Just because you do it with a smile, just because they feel better, doesn't mean you're doing the right thing. So I urge you to think about that over this next week. How can I be kind instead of being nice? Thanks for joining me again on another episode of the Truth and Grace Counseling Podcast. I've included all my information down below, my podcast website, the good stuff, merch. Again, all this merch that you can buy there, t-shirt and cups and stuff like that. Also, if you wouldn't mind liking, sharing, subscribing, all of that stuff, leaving a five-star review, all of that stuff, it really does matter of helping spread the show. I'll tell you, the <laughs> YouTube and, and places like that, they don't like content like this spreading, so that really does help fight against the algorithm. Um, last thing, if you could share that support group, Christian Parents of Transgender Children. This is such a unique resource. It's free. I know it can really help a lot of people, so... That would do so much good if you could just take that link, put it on your Facebook page, tell your pastor, tell your friends and family. It could just really, really be helpful. And that's for anybody in the country. Um, I really appreciate you being here today. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.